0: As soon as I get as high as I want to be, guess what my little ass started doing? Studying quantum physics. That's what I wanted to do, bro. So, like, I'm like, yo, leave me the fuck alone, world. I'm going to study quantum physics. Like, so I'm like studying this shit. I literally have met, like, I met some of the world's leading, like, quantum physicists, astrophysicists, and shit like that. Elizabeth Rauscher before she died. Like, all this crazy shit that's happened since then.
1: Welcome to the New Wave Entrepreneur, where we dive headfirst into Web 3.0. Personal sovereignty, spirituality, and psychology. These conversations are unfiltered access to brilliant minds and actionable advice that will prepare you for the rapidly changing world. So, jump in. The water is warm, and the tide is rising. Ah, my friends, welcome back to another episode of the New Wave Podcast. Daniel D. piazza checking in with you here. And uh, man, I'm really excited for today's episode. You know, first of all, I just wanted to announce a few things. If you look in the in whatever device you're watching this on, especially if you're uh, listening to this on uh, Spotify or iTunes, you'll see that we changed the cover art of our show. And uh, I did this because I wanted to become a little bit more uh, easily distinguishable in the feed. I liked the psychedelic colors of uh, of the first cover art for the show, but I want it to be a little bit more eye-catching and also very clear with the lettering. You'll also see that we renamed the show just a little bit. Rather than the New Wave Entrepreneur, it's just the New Wave Podcast, and that's because I find myself... Although I focus on business, although I focus on money—that's my primary interest—I also have so many other interests that dip right outside, that toe dip right outside of entrepreneurship. And I wanted to make sure that I was inclusive enough, just for that distinction. But of course, it's mostly business to business on here, with a with a dab of the uh, with a dab of the supernatural at some points. Um, so those are some quick updates. And what else? Today is a really cool episode with a new friend of mine, William Padilla Brown. And William, well, his official doc, his his official bio is that he is a multidisciplinary citizen scientist practicing social science, mycology, phycology, molecular biology, and additive manufacturing. Now, what does that mean? Well, as he's affectionately known, Permaculture Poppy, uh, Will is essentially an expert, an expert with plants and sustainable living, and specifically, he's really, really good with the fungi the mycelium, and that's why uh, a lot of his branding has the myso or myco prefix to it. He was originally known or got popular for being extremely well-versed in growing uh, psilocybin and other types of mushrooms, not just psychedelic, but all types of uh, healing and, um, and nutritious mushrooms. And if you go to his Instagram, uh, mycosymbiote, at mycosymbiote, and you can see it in the show notes, you'll be able to see exactly who he is. He is really incredible. When you look at what it takes for someone to become an expert in any topic, you you hear that professors will say, if you read 50 books on any topic, you'll become an expert. And just from talking to Will and understanding his depth of knowledge, you see, man, this guy has really been out there doing it, studying it, learning it himself. And that is also so interesting to me because you look at, uh, you look at scientists uh, from all over the world. For instance, you look at someone like, oh, I don't know, uh, Richard Feynman, for instance, so I'm, reading, I'm reading Feynman right now. And he is, a, he is a scientist, of course. He's traditionally trained. He has a PhD. But he's a citizen scientist in that he breaks it down and brings the science to... Culture. He brings it to the common person. He makes it usable and applicable. And that is why Will is a citizen scientist because he's breaking it down for people where he's doing workshops, teaching people how to grow sustainable. I didn't even know what permaculture was uh, before this episode. So it's going to be very interesting. Now, also note this. Uh, if you are listening to this with kids or if you're watching this, uh, it's kind of an explicit episode And uh, we're smoking weed on here, we're cursing, uh, but there's also a lot of knowledge dropped. And I I want you to notice this, that, you know, it doesn't have to be either buttoned up all the time, proper and perfect or ratchet, you know, uh, cursing, um, you know, hood or whatever. It's both. It's all of it. It's all encompassing. So I want you to be listening to a podcast and looking at two Young black men who are very smart, who are who are well into their careers, working on what they love, successful in the things that they love to do, and can still um you know can still talk how they want to talk without feeling like they have to change. So yeah, you're just gonna hear a regular conversation. Okay, enjoy it. I'll catch you on the other side. Oh, before you go to the podcast, I also forgot to mention: make sure you're subscribed to this. Remember Spotify, iTunes. Make sure that you uh, make sure that you click subscribe, and leave a comment, leave a review. Okay, now back to the show. Yeah, my my uncle, my uncles would come over to my house and they'd say, "Man, they give you all this free wee We used to get arrested for this." I said, "Yeah, times has changed, man. Times changed. Said, you you getting paid for this? Niggas is getting paid for this." I said, times "Right, to change, uncle, time to change." Right. Um, but Oregon has decriminalized pretty much everything.
0: Yeah, I remember last time I flew into Portland, it was for like this quick in and out, and I was actually going to like do some work with like psychedelic mushrooms, you know. And I was okay, and it was just okay. But like that, and um, that was uh, in October, and this was my first time going back into Oregon since the laws had changed. And like, I could just tell the laws had changed on the airplane. Like the people that was like that were on the airplane going into Portland. It was just all like looking oh, yeah. like some creatures. Like, you know what I mean? It was like they have no reason <laughs> to not be exactly what they want to be. You want to be a, a gremlin. You want to be a fairy. You want to be. Uh, this or that, go ahead. Nobody's gonna tell you not to.
1: Well, <laughs> I will say this: Portland is a gnarly place, dude. I like it here, but it is um, it it's one of those places where it's it's a liberal. Portland is liberal, but Oregon is conservative, and the values of Oregon are very much country values. While 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 Portland itself is very much um, you know, like the an- anarchist. So you have this interesting mix of like we uh, of of this mentality in Portland of we want your freedom so badly for you that we'll kill you for it. Like, <laughs> you know, the the anarchists in Portland are serious. They go out there and when we moved here in 2020, there were people in, all, dressed in all black, firebombing the place down there, like in protest of, I don't really know what, but they're serious.
0: Yeah, they're serious. All right. And um, it's, 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 it's part of, the, like, I feel like it's like um, polarizing. You know what I mean? Like you can like, Go and see, like some random city in southern in in Alabama or something like that, and uh, and then go see Portland, Oregon, and there's just like such polar, like op- polar opposites opposite. of the way that people are living. Totally right
1: now. different types of people live in those locations.
0: Totally yeah. different.
1: Even the San Francisco yeah. life totally different than you know the Midwest.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been doing work up in uh in and out of the Bay Area um in Northern California pretty frequently over the past couple months and yeah, uh the Bay is just a whole different thing now just seeing all the people that Oakland. are starting up their little Yeah, yeah, Oakland o- Oakland San Francisco like oh my gosh. And and it's been like traveling into the future because I get to see a little taste of like what's going to be happening as like um, all these things are decriminalizing, cause, and it's a. Li- and I haven't spent as much time in Oregon, so I don't know. But like every time I go to Oakland, I'm seeing like new small businesses that are like dealing with psychedelics or dealing with cannabis or doing some new entrepreneurial uh, thing in, in in the psychoactive space.
1: Yeah, let me know when you uh, when you come up. We'll go on a hike. It's got some great trees here, man.
0: That for sure. Yeah, we'll be up there.
1: Sequoias and all these just crazy. I mean. What I love about it here is that the trees are the tallest thing, the taller than the skyscrapers.
0: Yeah, I um, I actually I didn't tr- like I didn't take much official training or anything like that. Whenever I was uh, learning about mushrooms, but I did take a course in Eugene, Oregon, um, with Fungi for the People. So like that was like, like the, University the, of the one time Oregon. I actually did take a class. Um, no, it was a, it was with this group called uh, Fungi for the People. But um, I mean, that's like that's local.
1: where they're at though. They're in they're in Eugene. Oh, University oh, oh, University of, of Oregon. Uh-huh. okay okay
0: yeah 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 so um yeah i pulled up to eugene i had like i'd never been to the pacific northwest before um and uh yeah i mean it was it was really interesting coming from rural pennsylvania to see people like you know growing cannabis in their backyard and like <laughs> um, yeah rapé up their nose and like oh, holding yeah. like little drum ceremonies and like oh yeah dumpster diving and stuff like that all these concepts were just like whoa what is this <laughs> I was
1: laughing when I was looking through uh, just the different social feed uh, feeds and looking through all your stuff because it's so, it's almost become a meme of itself now. Like the, that West coast culture of the, the shamanic garb and the, and the native roots. And it's like, I also am part of that, but I also laugh at it. Cause I'm like, wow, it's so, you know, it's almost become a meme of itself, especially living out here. It's almost like
0: it's a caricature of itself almost. Does that make sense? yeah yeah for sure like because like i mean i'll go and like i'm not the biggest on like um cultural appropriation like if you want to put braids in your hair go for it the world's all mixed the fuck up if you if so, if somebody's not putting braids in their hair or practicing this culture or doing that it might just disappear right. forever so like you know go right. for it um i'll go places where people like are wearing that garb and that's just what they wear and then i'll go to like asheville north carolina and some privileged white kids are just like wearing some like peruvian ceremonial gear yeah. like it's like the rag yeah it's,
1: it's interesting too it's like, yeah, who's to say they can't wear I mean for instance, I have like you're talking about hape I have some hape here that's not from my culture necessarily. can I not use that? I don't know, you know um but it's just you interesting you' I mean? taking that we're taking some of those things on
0: yeah, I mean uh, I, I just put it, it, this is like kind of in the same vein, but different. I posted this thing, I reposted this meme on my Instagram the other day, I think it was yesterday where it was like. We live in, we're like so um, blinded by our luxuries these days where we call our plain ice cream vanilla. Vanilla is like one of the most rare shit and like herbs, (laughs) like seeds in the world that you can get. On top of the fact that we have frozen ice, like frozen cream in our refrigerators, like, you know, in our freeze, our ice boxes, you know what I mean? Like, I just took a rip of some hash, like. 100, 200 years ago, I would have had to go to a mountain in Nepal oh. to even like oh. try something like this. You know what I mean? Like- I think
1: about that all the time. When I think about globalization, how cool it is that in the Pacific Northwest, I'm getting a kiwi from like Chile right now. Out of my climate, out of season, maybe even growing in some artificial conditions. I don't know. You know, but it's just it's and then I get it. And my expectation is that it not only do I get it, but it, that it tastes good all the time. And then I always have access to it.
0: Yo, like I can always get grapes. Like I got shelled peanuts. Oh bro. yeah, like
1: Native like Americans. Have, like, imagine raspberries. A Native American would find a bush of raspberries, and that might be all they get all year.
0: Yo, for real. And you could just get that all day, and it's just like perfect. All day. And there's no, there no twigs, and somebody already like no twigs, took all the all the no shells bugs off on it. Yo, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, crazy it's amazing to real. think about.
1: It. But we just become, have become numb to it. We just become numb to because we're part of the factory farm now in a way.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, if you if you think about it in the how you're using your life force energy to fund somebody building something, Uh, that's how I think about it. How did you
1: how did you get into? Okay, so let's back it up. Okay, (laughs) William Padilla Brown. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's, okay. that's me. 27? 27. 27 years old. Okay, if you can get past 27, which I know you will, then you've survived <laughs> at least many of the greats. You already passed Tupac, soon to pass Amy Winehouse. If you make it to 33, you'll pass Nipsey. Just keep moving. Um, That should be our milestones. Okay, so that's great. You're located...
0: New Cumberland, Pennsylvania, right now. Pennsylvania, um, okay.
1: That's right. Yeah. New Cumberland. Uh. What is what is that area of the U.S. known
0: for? Uh, this area of the U.S. is known for Amish people. Amish people. Yeah, that's pretty much what's like. People come here to as tourists to see Amish people in Hershey Park. So there's not a lot of black people where you are. Um, there are a fair. There's a fair amount of black people in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. There's a fair amount of uh, Puerto Ricans in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. That's great. Uh, a fair really? amount of Mexicans. Uh yeah, there's a fair amount of uh uh, uh African Americans, uh Puerto Ricans, Mexicans, and uh Himalayan people. Close um, to Amish a, country. Yeah, just right cuz there's like there's this little city and it's actually the capital of Pennsylvania and nobody knows that it's the capital. Everybody thinks Philly's the capital of Pennsylvania, but Harrisburg and is it's and uh really actually I live across the river from Harrisburg. I live in we live in the Harrisburg metropolitan area. We live in the suburbs across the river. Uh, across the susquehanna river which is arguably the oldest river in the world next to the nile the nile and the susquehanna are debated upon being which one's older and uh yeah so we live right on the shores of the west uh we live on the western shores of the susquehanna river across the river from harrisburg pennsylvania and that's the capital um and yeah there's a fair amount of uh, diversity but just in that city and then right outside of the city it's like rural like it's like rural rural and like it goes like on the eastern side, when you go out when you go out east from Harrisburg, it's rural towards Lancaster, where it's like all Amish, like you see people in horse and buggy still type vibes. And then like, and then uh, if you go west on the West Shore, like north up into the Appalachian Mountains, then it's the yee like ying <laughs> <like, laughs> ying boys, you know what I'm saying? Like the like <laughs> ride right around with the Confederate flag on the back of their truck type yeah, vibes. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: That's when you're getting into more of the Rust Belt, I think.
0: Yeah, Pennsylvania, I mean, like, Pennsylvania and Virginia, people don't, like, consider them the South. And I don't really consider them the South. Like, we talk faster. We're up to different things. Virginia, up that, like, they don't consider like, the South? V- Virginia, they do consider the South. But, like, we're, like, like I'm, like, an hour away from Virginia. I'm an hour away from okay. Northern Maryland. I actually used to live in yeah. Virginia, in, in Northern Virginia and in, in, in Maryland. Um, but, yeah, like, there are, like, very well-off, affluent cities that are just surrounded by, like, what you would think that the south would be like
1: yeah yeah it makes sense uh what about your upbringing made you fascinated with mushrooms what would drive someone
0: (laughs) my upbringing my upbringing (laughs) like wasn't necessarily what drove me to mushrooms my my roots maybe um uh made me more inclined um that's maybe that's a better it's a better uh Um, I think that, I think through my, uh, and there's like a whole big stories to it, but like I got interested in mushrooms through psychedelic mushrooms as a young, uh, young man, like as in my late teens, um, I got interested in psychedelic mushrooms. And in the psycho, psychedelic experience, that's where I would say my roots got me interested into it because um, the psychedelic experience was completely familiar from the first time I had it. Like it was like, oh, I know what this is. Like, this is not new to me. And I would say that I, I I felt that way as a, as a, as a grown person now, 10 years after like 10 plus years after my first psychoactive experiences with enough time to have understood it. My ancestors were f- tripped the fuck out. And I know that shit from like anthropological history with the, like from direct, from the science that's coming out now. So like, um, so yeah, that felt not, that felt, um, familiar to me, but, uh, and, and everybody, everybody thinks I'm like, I mean, the mushroom man. Everybody's like, oh, well, mycosymbiotics m- mushroom guy. Um, but you, but um, on my thing, it says permaculture poppy, right? Like, and I put that as a secondary tag because mushrooms made me. Mushrooms made the success. You know what I mean? Like mushrooms, m- mushrooms gave me w- everything I needed to be able to liberate myself in a, uh, economically um, in this space and time. Uh, and in the way that that feels good to me, because like I used to make rap music when I was younger and I was going to be I was like going to be it. Like I was like next up, like no, nothing was going to stop me from make, making millions off of music. i seen other kids the same age as me become millionaires off YouTube literally while I'm still a, ki- a kid. Like I'm just like, yo, they can do it. I can do it. I'm on YouTube. I'm figuring out how to use YouTube to teach myself how to do all this stuff. But by the time I was 18, I was like, yo, if I'm not making money from this, then I gotta do something else because I'm not gonna be in a like working some stupid job trying to be a rapper. Cause how am I supposed to be flexing when I'm serving tables? I don't that's not for real, for real. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, you like gotta I see, really want it. I don't know, man. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, nah, like I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be like That's how I thought move. about
1: acting. I was like, I'm serving tables right now. This ain't this ain't the this ain't the move.
0: Yo, for real. So I'm just like, yo, this ain't it. And like, um <clears throat> Uh, I had a kid young too, so like I had a I had a kid when I was twenty. And so like I was like, yo, I still want to like I still want I still want the swag. I still want the good life, you know what I mean? Like, but I was like, yo, the swag has to be sustainable, or else it ain't it. So like the mushrooms were what's what was able to make the swag sustainable. It was able to make the life sustainable because I was able to do good business that like didn't hurt the world, that made the made the environment around me a better place, and I was able to make money. Cause like as soon as I had my kid, I'm already tripped the fuck out. I'm like, yo. Like I don't want any of my actions to make this world even more fucked up than it already is. Like if if I have a kid out here, like, you know what I mean? Like he didn't fucking do this shit. Like he didn't like bring himself into this situation. I brought him into this situation. So if I can do anything to make it better, then that's on me, like that's my responsibility. So I was like, yo, that's why I gotta be sustainable. And so mushrooms were able to do that. Cause like, again, I go back to the permaculture. Permaculture is like whole systems design. Like, and at the core of my work, I am a whole systems design scientist. I design systems, um, entire systems, which includes social aspects, ecological aspects, all these kinds of things. Back in like 2013, 2014, I'm doing all this kind of shit. I'm like uh, talking about foraging. I'm talking about growing mushrooms. I'm talking about
1: when did you go um, to the the class in Eugene? In
0: 2015. Um. 2015. In the in. Yeah, so like that's when I started to pick up on the mushroom thing because like I'm posting all this stuff that I'm interested in. I'm literally on the internet putting everything I'm interested in on there, but the mushrooms is the shit that got the light.
1: And, and were you already experienced in botany or any type of – this type of science? I mean it takes a, a certain um, type of understanding.
0: Yeah, so I dropped out of high school whenever I was 16 because it was interfering with my education and then I started teaching myself quantum <laughs> physics and how to cultivate say, cannabis. Say that. Say that. Let's, let's slow that one down.
1: <laughs> I caught that. I so, caught that fastball. Let's slow that. Everybody one.
0: loves that shit. Everybody loves that shit. Yeah. I That's dropped sad. out of school when I was 16 because it was interfering with my education. You know? Uh-huh. Um, Here, I'm going to switch this light that about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... I um, hope y'all caught that. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I, I was, <laughs> I, I had been traveling my whole life. Like I had never lived anywhere more than two years growing up my whole life. And I traveled mm-hmm. to different countries. I lived all up and down the East Coast. I lived in London, I lived in Mexico, I lived in Taiwan. And in going through all these different moves, I was able to experience so many different education systems. My mom, bless her heart, bless her soul, she like did a great job fucking raising her whole family. Like My mom adopted two kids in Mexico. I got an, uh, another brother and sister. Um, she raised all of us, damn near single-handedly. Um, powerful black woman. Um, but yeah, so she, um, she worked, she works for the USDA. Um, she, she managed to get herself into a good job after, after college, um, with the USDA and, uh, she put me in like Montessori school. She put, I went to a private school whenever I was in London cause the government pays for that stuff when you're overseas. Um, and then I went to private schools in different areas in the DC metropolitan area. Then I went to, or, the, or I went to public schools in different areas in the DC metropolitan area. And then I went to public schools in Pennsylvania. And saw that the pub, the kids in the public schools in Pennsylvania at fifth grade they couldn't read, and the kids at fifth grade in the private school in London were doing like damn near robotics and like learning about world religions and like you know what I mean and like and then it's like the same thing when I would go to the DMV, like the kids would be like learning stuff that you would think that would be like college level compared to what we were learning in rural Pennsylvania and I'm just like, damn, like all these people are getting all these different levels of education. I'm just like, I don't need none of this shit like I, all I want to do is just grow weed like I' like I just went not I like, you know what I mean? Like nobody's gonna teach me how to do that. They don't got no classes. What on class Bahamia. is the
1: weed growing class?
0: You know yeah. what I'm saying? But like now at my, now at the old high school, like they got me helping out teaching with growing mushrooms and they got like a whole aquaponic nice. system in there now. And they're teaching that's the great. kids like good shit. And I'm like, yo, maybe I would have stayed in school. That's you know a I mean? valuable
1: skill though. No, seriously. I mean, that's a valuable skill. I think a lot of the things that are taught, we're just learning them because we think we're supposed to learn them, but we never apply them and we're not even supposed to question whether we should be learning them outside of the psychedelic or the cannabis stuff just being able to be sustainable and i was Mm -hmm. i'm glad you you bridge right into that with permaculture because i was uh, researching this when i was thinking about uh this interview and it's like uh permaculture it says permaculture can be understood as the growth uh, of agricultural ecosystems in a self-sufficient and sustainable way this form of agriculture draws inspiration from nature to develop synergetic farming systems Based on crop diversity, resilience, natural productivity, and sustainability. I think that's cool as fuck.
0: It's super cool, and like permaculture has been presented in that lens of agriculture for so long. And I was lucky enough that my permaculture teachers were like starting to focus on landless permaculture. And whenever they taught me, I was like, "Yo, I'm I'm serving tables, right? Landless permaculture is like." Um, permaculture is a design science. It's a design system. It's not just for agriculture. So they're like. Okay. How do we use this if we don't have land? Because, like, everybody's like, yo, permaculture is for, like, rich white people. Because, like, right, you right. have to have I land gotta have a, to do I got to
1: terraform it and, you know. Yeah, you
0: know what I mean? Like, people are like, yo, we got to bring in these, like, we got to put swales and we got to bring in these construction equipment. And, like, I'm like, yeah, yo, yeah. I don't even have an, like, I don't even have a backyard. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? You know what I mean? Like, it sounds cool to do all the sustainability and stuff like that. But, like, how is this actually going to be thing? I'm in an
1: apartment. For me? You
0: know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, yeah, um, so. My, one of my permaculture mentors was like starting to talk about landless permaculture, but whenever he taught, whenever they taught me, they're like, yo, all right, this is a design system and you use biomimicry. You go out in nature, you see how nature is interacting or how systems in nature work and you use those systems to design human systems. That's how it was presented to me. So it wasn't just like agriculture. And I was like, yo, let me do this for my society. Like let me do this as a social permaculture because like, I can go outside, and at this point, I knew how to like go forage little plants around. I was vegetarian, so it was easy for me to eat with like foraging and growing mushrooms and having a little garden. It was easy for me to maintain myself, Um, and I was like like playing with crystals and meditating and smoking weed inside of my house and all things to keep me in a a good mental state and keep my body in a good healthy state. But every time I go outside, the people are racist and unhappy and like dealing with all sorts of. fucking bullshit because all of the energy is all wrapped up in wires outside it's basically a desert you got to go to the grocery store if you want any energy or you got to tap in to the utility company if you want any energy and then they send you to a school where in the school district where I'm in they drop credits because they couldn't get enough kids to graduate so they're like not even teaching them shit and then they're just pumping out warehouses because Pennsylvania touches more states than any other state so it's really good for trucking especially where I'm at it's the Defense Distribution Center for the United States Army. I didn't states know that. I didn't know, I didn't know it touched more states than any other state. Yeah, yeah. Pennsylvania touches more states than any other state. That's why the Defense Distribution Center is here. We see Air Force One every now and then. The Military Defense Distribution Center is right here in New Cumberland, Pennsylvania because all of the interstates and all the turnpikes and highways and shit connect right here to go all to the other states that we that Pennsylvania connects to. So, like... Mad distribution happens here. There's mad Amazon warehouses popping up, Chewy warehouses, um, Thermo Fisher just came in. Just all these warehouses, because like and the minimum wage out here is $7.25. So whenever these warehouses come in and they're like, Starting off at $15 an hour, starting off at $14 an hour. Everybody's like, yeah, that's the best shit ever. Fuck yeah. Like, that's great. And I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? You're going to go in this warehouse where you got like robots watching you. If you don't move for five minutes, you could fucking like break your arm under a big ass box. Well, and all this shit has happened to my friends, like gotten fired for a fucking robot watching <sighs> them use their phone or some shit or like hurting themselves with a, a FedEx or something. FedEx, UPS, that's all big out here. So I'm just like... Everybody's like all tapped out. I'm like, yo, how do I do this, this design system to help the people around me? Because I've traveled around the world. I've seen 3D printers. I've seen the new science. I've seen people living in different ways. I've talked to, I've t- I've learned about permaculture now. I've I've gone to these convergences and seen people talking about um, local currencies and decentralized economic systems and like all this kind of shit. And I'm just like, yo, how do I design this into my society around me? So I started like going to the business and professionals group. I started going to the local borough council. Um, by the time I was 22, I ran for mayor of New Cumberland, Pennsylvania with overwhelming support. Um, but I eventually backed out because of just family things. Um, and then I moved to North Carolina shortly after and started the first farm in, or domestic cordyceps farm in the United States. Lots of transitions, but, uh, but to get back to wrap it all up so we don't go too far out of the way. Um, because I didn't have land to do permaculture, I was like, yo, let me do permaculture to my community. So I just started, like, getting outside, being active in the community, putting my voice into the community, letting people see me, um, going to farmers markets, talking to people, uh, providing them with new foods into the community, things that they never seen before, providing events to increase ecological literacy. I started a festival in 2015, um, and it's been super successful, bringing in people from all different cities. I brought people from, like... Every continent. I brought people from every continent except Antarctica to Pennsylvania, to fucking this little town in Pennsylvania to come learn about shit with us. Bringing in um, all sorts of people that have stayed at the local hotels, stayed at the local Airbnbs, used the local businesses. And I've shown everybody, I put it all on the internet. And I'm like, yo, this is what the world can be. Why the fuck are you working for Amazon?
1: Okay. So just let me back it up. So a few things. (laughs) So first, you're naturally interested in just permaculture and this is like sustainable living uh growing all different types of plants crops different types of things mushrooms kale all these different types of things to sustain yourself this is something mm-hmm. you can do individually but your approach to this is spreading permaculture not by just doing the permaculture itself but by the meta level which is spreading the knowledge of permaculture yeah
0: i just like others yep a hundred percent and like it's uh it's levels of cultural curation that I watched be done to me. Like, whenever I was 18 years old, I was like, yo... And, like, especially as I was starting to come into being a young father, I was like, yo, why am I excess, obsessed with, like, like bad bitches and big houses and fast cars and and fucking garbage? Like, I'm like, yo, this shit is garbage, bro. Like, like... You know what I mean? Like, for for me, like, somebody... Like, I'm not saying it's, like, like, for other people. Some people might love that shit. And, like, I know a lot of people that, like, loves all that shit. But for me, I'm just, like yo, who sold me this blank goods? Like none of this shit is good for me. Like I'm fucking over here poisoning my brain, spending my day thinking about a bunch of bullshit. Like at the end of the day, I'm wanting things that I can't have. I'm fucking getting anxiety because I think that there's a whole bunch of shit going on. I got fear of missing out. I fuck like all of these things makes me feel uncomfortable. And I'm just like, and I'm very conscious of it. And I'm just like, I'd rather, I'm like thinking I'm a young man. I'm like, yo, I wish I I, like my mom used to like Want to want me not to hear bad music and not to watch bad shit? And I'm just like, yo, I wish I would've listened to my mom and just grew up like a good boy. Cause like, none, I don't want none of that shit. I just want to be, I want to be a healthy man. You know what I mean? Like, I want to fucking go out in the world and be able to go get money want, and take care of my family you know. and like live a happy life. I don't want to be fucking falling to the the to the pa- like the pleasures of the flesh all day because like I can't resist it. Like, I feel like crippled by that shit. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, I'm like, how do I like? how do i do the opposite of that shit you know what i mean cuz like we have direct like in our hands in in our screens our whole lives we've been advertised to we've been sold to and i'm just like they gave us the whole template for this shit like they've been they've been telling us what we're going to do next year how we're going to dress next year what we're going to all that shit and like for for me and, and my and my uh, my girl lydia we've been we uh i met her whenever i was in 10th grade, she was in ninth grade. And uh we're about to have our second kid. And um thanks. Um, when we were younger, I met her um and we started hanging out and started smoking weed together. Like whenever I was younger, I thought like weed would kill me. Like I was like, yo, just say no, dare, da-da-da-da. And like I would see her hanging out with people like smoking weed and shit. And like I'm like, yo, she looks healthy. You know what I mean? Like all the all the people she's hanging out with is like playing basketball and like still getting good grades and like hanging out and doing normal shit. I'm just like, yo, how are they not like weed zombies like they said in Dare? Yeah, or, like? drop dead and porn? yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Stoners. Yeah, so I like losers. I looked that shit up on, on Google or whatever, and I'm like, yo, this shit can heal you. I see my parent, my grandparents be all sick and shit from cancer, and I'm just like, yo, this can heal you. So like, I start smoking weed with her, and like, we would be like hanging out and doing whatever we want to do. And like, my dad's like in Afghanistan because like he uh, retired from the army and in, th- in 2007, and then 2008, it's like. The recession. And this man just bought his first house ever as, like, a man. Like, he, like, went into the oh, army when he's man. like, 17. You know what I mean? He, like, had his oh, shit taken man. care of by the army his whole life. And then he, like, retires in, like, recession. And I'm just, like, oh, got three man. kids. You know what I mean? Oh, so, like, man's so had to take some government. Yeah, man's had to take some government contracting job and be, like, living in Afghanistan during a war while his kids are in school and shit for, like, nine months out of the year. And I'm just, like, damn. And, like, that's, that's the work that he had. You know what I mean? So, I'm, like, I'm in there, like. Damn near helping raise my 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 uh, younger siblings, my stepmoms, you know, working, too, like, trying to make everything happen. Do you know America was spending
1: $290 million a day on the war in Iraq and Afghanistan? $200 million a day for
0: 20 years. It's absurd. You know, and, like, all of these things, like... It like, seems impossible. We, yeah. It seems impossible, and then, like, you know what I mean? Like, now now everything is expensive as shit since last week. Gas right, prices yeah. are a dollar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like... That's, like, no shit. Like, I'm not even, like, exaggerating. It's up a dollar since last week. Like, for real. So like I believe it. Yeah, so, like, all this shit's going on, and me and my girl being able to, like, hang out without parents telling us what to do and all that kind of shit when we were younger put us in a position. And I'm not saying this is, like, the right thing for everybody. It's just my personal story. Just take it with a grain of salt. But, like, me and my girl being able to hang out like that when we were younger, like, we were able to just explore our desires and our passions and shit like that. We would be able to like, yo, we think this is cool. Like no parent's gonna tell us not to do it. No parent's gonna tell us not to pierce this or wear this or do whatever or like, you know what I mean? So like we were doing it. We were wearing whatever clothes or trying out new styles or doing whatever. And we would go to school and kids would be like, yo, what the fuck? Like, But like then, then a year later or two years later or three years later, everybody be on that same shit. And, like, we were just like, yo, we were so ahead of the shit. We were so ahead of the shit. we used to be joking about it when we were younger. But then I started to recognize trends and I started to recognize analytics when I started to be on the internet. And I'm just like, oh, no shit. Like, I I watched a little shit and, like, did little experiments through high school because, like, I went to three different high schools. Like, I went to a high school in Pennsylvania. I went to a high school in Northern Virginia. And I started a rap group called Young Rebels that rappers in Virginia that are the same age as us right now still making music under that I started in high school. Yeah, for real, nice. Young Rebels. You look that shit up. <clears throat> Yung Rebels. You'll still people. You'll see people in in the DMV still making music under that. And then, um, and then I went to a high school in Taiwan, and like I was able to like pump out different influences from all these places. And kids are already seeing me like, like yo. Wills are in all these different places. I'm posting on the internet, like I'm like literally like on some fucking building in Taipei and shit like that, like making a rap music video and shit of myself. You know what I mean? It'll make it look like. And I knew how to finesse the computer. I knew how to do Photoshop and all that kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, I had a computer yeah. in my, I mean, house my whole it, life. It's,
1: it's, it's whatever you make it. You know, it it, it is real. It's
0: it was it's real, all about though. the presentation. Yeah. Yeah, and I was able to like I was able to make the album covers and make the edits and like all that kind of shit. You know what I mean? So like I was out there and like curating culture at a young age and like and like i could try and tell how old people, were you in taiwan uh 16 that's when i dropped out of school 16 i turned okay. 17 there and um I went, you dropped I out know, in taiwan yeah i dropped out in taiwan yeah what were you over there um, for with, your, with your mom yeah so um whenever my dad was in afghanistan and i was smoking weed with my girl and all that kind of shit they my parents were like yo will's fucking off the off the deep end like you know my dad's in my dad was in the army my mom works for the government like they were for real for real like And my mom was like, you know, put me in good schools and shit growing up. She really wanted me to be like smoking the devil's the devil's lettuce. Yo, for real. Like, and like, you know, like she grew up through the crack epidemics and shit like that. She's seen like people in our family deal with some bullshit. She was like, yo, you're gonna smoke weed, you're not gonna be able to get high enough, you're gonna want to do something else. And I'm just like, nah, mom, no, I I don't
1: want to do crack. Mom, I'm telling you, I don't want crack.
0: I'm like, yo, (laughs) if I can't get high enough, there's hash, mom. Like, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) (laughs) Trust me, you can get high enough. She's like, not trying to hear that shit. So like, um, I'm like, and I started skipping school. Like I started skipping school while ever, um, whenever my mom was living in Taipei and my dad was living or was in Afghanistan and I was just living in this house and my stepmom would be working all day. So like, I really had nobody, like it was my stepmom. So she couldn't like be telling me shit. Like my mom could be telling me
1: anything. You know what I'm oh,
0: yeah. saying? So like, bro, I'm just out here doing whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm literally like getting high as fuck. Like talking to like deities and shit. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? Like, you know? Like that's that's what that's the high school that
1: most people think that they're gonna have, but they don't. <laughs> my high school did not mirror that. My mom was breathing down my neck 24 seven. Did not have the opportunity.
0: <laughs> bro, that shit was wild. And then when I went to Taiwan, like. Um, so like uh, I I got caught I got caught whipping my stepmom's car without a license one night and like my parents my parents were like yo that's the last straw like Will's got like somebody's got to be watching this kid like we can't let our kid like turn into a criminal and all this kind of shit um, so uh, they sent and now me, look at
1: woman.
0: you yeah bro right like so they sent me to go live with my mom in Taipei they were like yo they like the, it's Asia the rules are strict he won't the be able fresh to
1: prince of Taipei. <laughs>
0: That shit was crazy, son. Yo, and that's ex- literally
1: exactly who you are,
0: bro. Fresh will out, out here in Taipei. That shit was crazy. Yo, I was, out, I was young swag boy, bro. That's my rap group. They call me swag boy. Oh
1: boy. man,
0: <laughs> that's crazy. Um, so yeah, they had me out there. I couldn't find no weed, so it worked. You know what I mean? Like they had me out there sober. I bet you can't um, find any weed in Taipei. No, t- tell me nah, about that. You can't find you, just nothing. Yo, doesn't exist everywhere, bro. Like someone has like, it. Yo, I found hash one time after a, um um it was a marshmallow concert. I went to a marshmallow concert and then we some kid some uh, de- uh, kid from Denmark. He had some hash like some fucking old school like brown hash and we smoked it out of I like pay. this little like silver yo. pipe on a, at a gas station. Oh, that's Yeah. That makes me feel it makes me feel like a crackhead. Bro, for real like it was just like yo it was I was 16 in fucking Asia, bro. That shit was fast lane like I was hanging out with like Swedish girls and fucking d- kids from Denmark. One of the kids I used to hang out with, his his dad owned the Beats factory in Taiwan, bro. Like he had oh every kind of Beats. He would just give you Beats headphones, like like for oh just for fun. Like you know what I mean? Like it was like like because whenever my mom, whenever we go to different countries, just like I said, the government would pay for our school. So my mom would try and put us in the best schools because she didn't have to pay for it. She's like, yo, my kids are gonna get a good education. So like. They tried to put me in the Taipei American School, which is one of the best schools in the world, and they were like, "Nah, we can't even have him." Like, I wasn't even good enough for that shit. (laughs) It was a high school, bro. And then, like, and then um, yeah, for real, she got me into the Taipei European School, and like, that's like that's a that's bread, bro. Like, like we're talking like people pay like like a like a regular like middle class person's annual salary is what it costs to go to that school for for. one kid for the year you know what i mean like it's like college tuition level shit for a high school so like the kids i'm going to school with is like world leaders or like kids their family owns like big industries and shit like that so like and like that's where i dropped out and those were the kids i was hanging out with right before i dropped out so like that shit was crazy bro like my parents were trying to like from
1: that experience
0: yo i learned what the future looked like for real i learned what the future looked like i got to hang out with the kids that is like literally like in the industry like in like creating the future that we're living in and shit like that like and then on top of it in taiwan yeah it was in taipei taiwan um so like there was already like cameras everywhere um everything was starting to go more digital like they were already having like more credit systems and stuff like that i hear Um, that their
1: petty crime is extremely low because i hear that you can leave a, a wallet on a park bench in taipei and no one will take it and your money will most likely be in there
0: it was super, super safe. It was very safe. So my mom didn't feel, my mom felt comfortable letting us be around. Like she would let me go out and do whatever. Um, but then I started getting in trouble. So she let me come back. She bought me a ticket to come back to the US. Uh, what
1: were you doing in Taiwan? What were you fucking around doing in Taiwan?
0: Bro, I was trying to get high and I couldn't get high. So I was running around like a young man with full testosterone and I couldn't see my girl. Like she, my girl was still in Pennsylvania. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't I, get like, locked up abroad, man. I did get locked up abroad bro and like that's some shit that that's we just cut, bro you know what i'm saying sh- sh- that shit didn't happen you know what i mean so like after that shit like after that shit my mom was like yo like will may be depressed like she like i was drinking all the time and shit like i could like pull fresh up in his 7- back bro yeah fresh pits came back bro like i like in taipei i was 16 17 years old i had two fake ids i could pull up in a 7-eleven and they wouldn't even id me bro like they would just like if you're foreign you could buy cigarettes and alcohol if you look like you're kind of older. Like they would never ID me. So like I would just be drinking fucking hard liquor and smoking these crazy ass strong like tobacco, like high nicotine. You're out of control, sir. Bro, for real. Like I was just on one, and I was ma- and I made some fire ass albums while I was out there. I made some crazy music when I dropped out of <laughs> school. Yo, know, I made this. I made this shit called uh uh fuck. What was it called? Did you have it on SoundCloud? I, I can't remember. It's on Bandcamp. It's uh like it's cosmic.bandcamp.com or something like that um but i released a couple albums while i was out there and i released a bunch of i released like three music videos i was doing vlogs and shit like that i was like yo i'm gonna make it by the time i'm 18 or else i'm just fucking thrown out to the wolves bro you know what i mean like like i knew that my parents make by 18 like, i'm going to mushrooms no i didn't know the mushroom shit though right like so like i was just like all right all i wanted to do was be able to smoke weed and shit like i was like yo fuck it like getting high is the only thing that makes me happy this world's all fucked up like everybody's a fucking zombie like money's stupid i'm, I'm like so you were depressed yo that's for what real, a depressed
1: person real. would say
0: yo like i was like listening to fucking like odd future wolf gang kill them all like you know really, oh like, my god
1: shit. which tyler is hilarious but he's it's horrible to listen to it
0: Bro, like I mean, that shit back then was just like depressed shit. It was just like I'm gonna poke my eyeballs out and fucking rape your bitch and shit yeah. like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna hang
1: myself. It's like, oh yeah,
0: my god, that shit was so fucked up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but like that was just that was just the era. And like I was I was angry and like this is something that the world just has to be angry and upset about at some point. That the world is just fucked up. Like you know what I mean? Like that we're poisoning the oceans and like all that kind of shit. I was angry about all that shit. I was like, I don't want to live in this world where like my actions contribute to like the world getting poisoned or this and that. I'm like, yo, I don't want to work for some fucking bullshit. Like, like I was like, yo, how's everybody accepting this shit? Like I was like a young man just figuring out that the whole world is just like being submissive and like, like killing themselves. And I'm just you're like, You're having an no existential way. crisis. Yo, I'm like, no way. Yeah. I'm having an existential crisis. Yeah, you're having an existential crisis. So like I go back.
1: You all know how to cope with it. Cause you're like seven, eighteen.
0: <laughs> yeah, bro. So like I go back to the U S and then I start growing weed in my dad's crib and he's just like yo get that the fuck out of my house bro you know what i mean he's like no way he's in afghanistan so like my stepmom found out about it oh and they were, like God. booted me oh they booted me God. bro they're like get that away from our family oh like we don't want you oh you're going to ruin corrupt your little your little siblings and i'm like oh i'm like yo all i want to do is go to Cali and if i don't know how to grow weed then i'm gonna be broke like that everybody else already know how to grow weed out there so like i was like all right and my dad was like get that shit out of my house or i'll or i'll destroy it or some shit like that and i was like yo i i worked like All my little amount of money that I had from being a teenager to buy the shit that I needed to grow weed. And I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to go get an apartment. So I got an apartment when I was 17 years old. And then I got... They let you get one? Huh? How were you able to get it? They let you sign a lease at 17? Yeah, bro. Yeah. Pen, like, I, like, I just looked up everything online. I was, like, fi- figuring out all the legal shit. Like, I could anything I ever wanted to know, I could look up on the internet. I didn't even have to get, like, emancipated or no shit like that. I just had to have a job. That's interesting. Yeah, so, like, I had a job. I was working as, I was working, uh, serving at tables at a Mexican restaurant. And then I got this apartment. And then, fucking, the night that we were moving into the apartment, I got pulled over with all the weed shit. And I got possession with intensive manufacture when I was 17. So that how'd you get pulled out. over? Uh, there, uh, my homie that was driving me, he uh, he apparently ran a stop a stop sign, but they had a K nine unit. I was like, yo, how the fuck is this the odds of this what? shit? Like, so like this K nine unit walked around the car and like scratched at the car, and they impounded that shit. Cause like this uh, was not in California. Road. This was in this was in this Pennsylvania.
1: In Pennsylvania.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was in Pennsylvania. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, they don't so, like that. Nah, nah, nah. That was there was. And this was back in, like, fucking whenever I was, like, 17. So this was, like, 10 years ago, bro. Like, this was way before they, they even like had that. medical or nothing. We're not even allowed to grow. Like, we got medical and we're still not even allowed to grow here. Like, yeah, that shit was like crazy. That. Yeah, so, like, I got hit with that. And then um I had my own apartment. Uh I went through the probation and shit like that. I went to live with my mom for a little bit while I was on probation because... My homie was living with me at that apartment. I couldn't once I couldn't grow weed. I was like, "Yo, I need a roommate because I can't afford this shit." So like, my homie was living with me, and he was only 16, and we'd be having homies over, like, smoking weed, drinking, whatever, because we were. Like, so they didn't young put you in
1: jail out. because you were a juvenile. So they wanted to give you like a sh- they wanted to give you a shot.
0: Yeah, and they kept think they thought that um they thought that people were like using me like a mule because like my friends that were older than me and I was 17 and they were like yo they're using you because you you'll get less charges because you're not an adult like. Tell us that they're using you, and I'm like, no, this is my apartment. This is my shit. Like, whatever, you know. What I mean, I'm not gonna rat my homies out, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, so like, they just didn't. They didn't put me. In, they didn't lock me up or nothing. They just gave me charge. It was my first offense. I was a kid. Like they were just like, yo, you're a good boy. Like I was well spoken and all that kind of shit. Um, so yeah. So you're coming from
1: making- the finest schools, the finest international schools in Taipei, to the.
0: Bro, they didn't give the a fuck. I'm just some nigga in the fucking of Pennsylvania. In, in I know. San Diego County, you know what I mean? Like, I they know. Didn't give a fuck, you know what The mean? contrast
1: is interesting, though. Is what I'm saying. It's interesting. Yeah. It's just you know, a couple months before you were you know international and at a great <laughs> school, and now you're
0: over here getting fucked up. Yeah. So that shit, that shit was whack. And then that's when I got to the psychedelics. Like right after that probation. um, I was like always weirded out by psychedelics and shit like that. I always thought that it would like make you crazy. Um, But then I started like researching and find out more. And I was like, yo, THC is a psychoactive substance. Like Can- I knew yeah, that. Cannabis shit is psychedelic. Stuff. Yeah. So I was like, I was super into cannabis. I was growing and all this shit. I was like, yo, I know that cannabis is psychedelic. And I was like, maybe these other psychedelics aren't so bad. And then I started just, uh that's when like chance, that was the summer that uh, acid rap came out and, that, and that shit, that shit, I was like, yo. He looks like yo, he looks like me. Like, and he's like talking about doing acid. And I was like, yo, I thought that shit would make you crazy. You know what I mean? I, like, of course he's just like, ah, ah. I'm like, oh, maybe he might be a little crazy. But
1: I'm
0: like, yo, this shit's vibing. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, and like, um, at this point, I'm trying to like, I was like meditating and I was studying quantum physics. I would just be getting high. I was smoking, I was growing my own bud. I was I was able to like make hash for the first time, and I could get as high as I wanted to be. So I was just like. 17, 18 years old, like living with my girl. You live, you
1: achieve your dream,
0: bro. For real, like I'm living with my shorty. Like we're we're young. Like we got our own place. We could do whatever we want. We got like, a whip. Like I'm wanna way. Get you know what I mean? I'll get as high as I want to be, and I'm just and like as soon as I get as high as I want to be, guess what? My little ass started doing studying quantum physics. That's what I wanted to do, bro. So like I'm like yo, leave me the fuck alone, world. I'ma study quantum physics. Like, so I'm, like, studying this shit. I literally have met, like, I met some of the world's leading, like, quantum physicists, a- astrophysicists and shit like that. Elizabeth Rauscher before she died. Like, all this crazy shit that's happened since then. But, like, so I'm studying quantum physics, and I'm just getting high shit, and I'm just vibed out. And then I was like, yo, um, all these kids started talking about psychedelics. Like, the underachievers, Chance the Rapper, I'm just like, and they're saying stuff that's, that resonates with the science that I'm studying. Like, they're, they would say some stuff sometime, and I'd be like damn this kind of sounds like quantum physics and i'm just like yo let me try this shit so like i take i take the drug i take the mushrooms like mushrooms was the first psychoactives i get and i'm just like oh fuck like i right, right, right. how like, much did you take um three and a half grams okay that's a good i was amount. like seven, i was like 17 that's what they told me they're like yo that's a dose um that's 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 a solid that's a that's, a, that's quite a lot actually yeah, I mean in like that was just the jump off, bro. Like <laughs> for, a,
1: for a for for a first
0: time. Yo. And like my grandfather was the Did you first- you have had tea? How'd you eat it? I ate it straight up and fucking puked my guts out, bro. Um Ugh. it was disgusting. And everybody was like, Yo eat all the dust in the bottom of the bag. And like after that first told experience you that. Oh. all like so kids that sold it to me. And like I look up on the internet and I found out people was growing them on shit, and I'm just like, yo, no way, I'm gonna grow my own. Like that dust at the bottom of the bag was literally like horse shit. No way. That's oh. fucking nasty, bro. So like um I figured out how to grow my own and that's how I figured out how to grow mushrooms. But like during that experience is whenever I was introduced to LSD and that's what fucking did it for me, bro. Like the li- somebody had a LSD. fucking uh eyedropper of liquid LSD that they got off of the off of the the uh Silk Road. Um somebody got a fucking vial that shit and they were just dropping it, bro. Like we were I got like I got like ten thousand plus micrograms. And I started taking it, like the first time I took 200, the second time I took 300, and then the, by the third or fourth time I was taking 700 micrograms per, per an experience. And I was doing it on a biweekly basis off some Swedish uh, psychedelic therapy that I found, Um, like a protocol that I have found. Uh But so yeah, I started getting all geeked out and studying quantum physics and traveling around the world my whole life and all that shit. Like it made the trips. Have you studied
1: any of, uh, any of Stan Groff's work on I psychedelics LSD? I don't uh, think so. he has a book called, um, the Holotropic paradigm shift. And he was one of the lead researchers on LSD back in the, I think the sixties. Okay. And, um, some of my, that liquid LSD, man, some of my best experiences have been on liquid LSD. True. That shit is, is it, the, the vibration just keeps going for so long yo and it's uh, clean like if you it's it's probably the most it's probably the deepest I've ever even deeper than dmt
0: yeah i mean like all of my like all of my significant like out-of-body experiences or like really consciousness shaking experiences um were not i can't say all of them but most of them were with with lsd um but yeah i mean like that's like that's really how i got into mushrooms and like i was kind of like like uh touching on it but um my grandparents were english scholars my, my grandfather was the first african-american english professor in new york city at mega evers university and their nice. the way that they taught me english came came through super heavy when i started tripping because like i was like yo everything is language like life is a linguistic structure like everything is patterns and like they had me playing like scrabble and fucking watching wheel of fortune and all that kind of shit and like like playing like games and shit like To they were like really um they wanted me to help me develop my brain when I was younger they didn't want me watching like stupid cartoons or no shit like that and like all that shit that they did for me when I was little when I started tripping it all made sense like they had me playing puzzles and shit like that when I was little instead of watching Nickelodeon and like I was like yo this whole shit is a puzzle this whole shit is patterns like and I was able to like kind of like uh use all my life experiences, living in different countries and, and all the different like things I learned to make sense of those experiences. And I was like, yo, one, I need to be able to get close to the source of what I'm consuming. Uh, two, I need, the swag needs to be sustainable. Like it has to, like the swag has to be sustainable. Like I need to be able to like do business that, sustain, that sustains me and sustains my family. And also it's like good for my family into the next generations and all that kind of shit. Like I could clearly see like the whole seven generations mentality. Like, every time I'd be tripping, I could see, like, how my actions would affect the world. I'd be like, yo, if I touch this dollar, then, like, somebody in fucking China would be like this. Or, like, if I, like, touch this shirt, like, like, some little kids in Cambodia are fucking sewing it. And, like, I'd be like, yo, like, I would, I'd be like, yo, I don't want to, I don't want any yeah. of my interactions to be involved with suffering. Like, I could just, like, it would make me be uncomfortable. And and every time I'd be tripping, I wouldn't, like, the one thing that people would say would be, like, you will never be the same again if you start tripping. That's just for real, bro. Like, you can never unsee the shit that you see. Like, just like if you have a baby or if you fucking break your leg or, like, something, a dramatic life experience happens to you, you'll never be the same again. That shit is a crazy life experience. Like, you go see Niagara Falls or some shit. That'll change you. That'll change who you are. So I'm just like, after I've been changed, after I've seen that shit, I can't go back, like, knowing that, like... The, 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 that there's chemicals on the on the food at the grocery store, knowing that the clothes I'm wearing is hurting somebody or like all that kind of shit. I was like, yo, how do I make my life diff- like different? I was like, I could just be like anybody else or I could have been born at any other time and be subjected to whatever. But like, I'm conscious enough to be aware of this. How do I do something different?
1: This is what Abraham Maslow calls uh, peak experience. You have these peak experiences, then you have these breakthroughs, these realizations and, um, you have insights that change you, that changes who you are. And sometimes the knowledge or the insight that you get from a psychedelic experience is what I call like unspeakable knowledge. It's something that you can't even describe, but it's knowing and understanding. It's ineffable. Yeah. And that's something that is, uh, has been one of the secret joys of my life. Learning of the things I can't speak of, but. If I've been on a similar journey with someone, we can just laugh because we know.
0: I feel like I feel like that's where my work lies at this point. I really love this uh, podcast, this this talk show, really, um, by this uh, gentleman named Alan Steinfeld. He's really into like UFO stuff, mm. um, but his but his show's called New Realities, and I just love that concept. Like he's all about just like exposing the consciousness to new realities, exposing consciousness to new realities, and like I feel like a lot of those experiences are just so ineffable um but in the act of living them out in the act of like taking whatever it is um the feelings of insight if it only is a feeling of insight but doing something with that in your life like that experience may be meta that experience may just be something in your head but if that experience imprints on you in a way that you instead of picking up your toothbrush and using colgate you start using toms or you start using some baking soda and charcoal like that changes up shit you know what i mean like it's true like all of that kind of stuff and like and and then you know it all comes down to like i don't know how many people if anybody really trips like you trip out you start fucking cleaning your house or some shit like everybody's been tripped out or smoked so much weed that the only thing that they can think about is just cleaning up their house or washing dishes or some shit oh, yeah. and like yeah. that shit is for real because it's like trying to make your environment more conducive of health. Like, like that, like this medicine, people say it's medicine all the time. Like that shit is at the end of the day, like you're trying to figure out how to be feeling Mental health
1: organization. Yeah,
0: like a lot of the times the psychedelics, what they do, like the the peak or like the, the, like when people say like, oh, I'm peaking, Like I'm at the highest point of the psychedelic experience. Like it's like making you feel so good and showing you so many amazing scenarios of imagination and what the world can be or what life is in the universe and all this kind of shit. And then it gives you that energy for a minute. And it's like, you can figure out now with this little bout of hours and the energy you have left, how to align with what you just saw. Like if you liked what you just saw and that felt good to you, use that last little bit of energy to make your life around you conducive of you staying in alignment with that. And like- Boom. Yeah, 100%, you know what I mean? So like. Yep. Then that's when the social permaculture happens because I did it in my house. I did it right outside my house. I had the garden. I had all the healthy shit. And I'm just like, all right, now the, now I got to make sure that everybody around me is taken care of and everybody around me is living in the, lo- in the love and in the good energy too. Because when I go outside and there's that friction and people are unhealthy or I'm going outside and people seeing people sick or not, unable to have access to wealth, that shit don't flow. I can't be chilling like that. You know what I mean? So it's like it's like levels of like radiating that out. And that's when you recognize like we're all one. Not everybody has to take the medicine because if we're all one and we're all connected and I'm just an extension, if I take enough of that shit, it's gonna, it, the medicine is going to extend out. You know what I mean? If I'm healthy enough, like who I am and the way that I live my life is going to extend out around me. That's
1: a, that's, that's a very subtle and true and important point that the way that you carry yourself and – and the improvements that you made to yourself do affect others but oftentimes you're not going to have people thank you for saying oh will thanks for working on yourself in the permaculture thanks for spending all this time developing your self-image and becoming more confident and then spreading that to others through financial and inspirational and other means no one's going to notice that or say that but they're still going to benefit from it and you just have to know
0: yeah i mean you know? it's like, because like the There's no the trophies,
1: day. yeah, for making for, making, for
0: improving yourself. <laughs> I've watched, I've watched so many things. Like, <laughs> like if I even like went into people would think I was like, like egotistical or like just like crazy or something. If I if I spoke on some of the the crazy things that I've watched ripple out from things that I've done over my life. Like even like just like little things that I said, like I did in high school that I watched spread out because I was moving around so much. I would like pick up a little bit of like how people talk here how people talk here what's the language like everywhere i go people use different slang and shit like that so like i will come to a new school and i'll be saying slang from like three different places and like it would just pick up and like i like just little shit like that i watched go into like a city bro like you know what i mean and i'm just like a little like and like i would have to these are like the silent victory things like you're talking about like nobody like i don't give a fuck i don't know i don't need people congratulating me that i like put some like slang, but I could sit back and be like, damn, everybody out there saying that shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I remember whenever I brought that shit over here. You know what I mean? Like, And 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 just to be able to see that on a, on a world scale, bro, I got kids. I could give a fuck less. My image is what makes us bread. It was what makes my family bread. It's what makes my team bread. Like I'm out here doing deals and contracts for my name and my image because I've connected with the culture in a way that no fucking industry or no corporation could ever do. Because I'm really out here with the people, really teaching these people for 10 fucking years, really at these festivals, really at these events and shit like that. Really knowing these people, really helping people do business and shit. So, like, people are out here making deals and shit for my name and my image. Like, if it wasn't for that shit, I would not be on the fucking internet. Bro, I got kids. And, like, I could give a fuck less if people congratulate me. If I know that when my son and my daughter goes out into the world, that they don't have to face the same adversity that I had to face. That's my fucking trophy.
1: Well said. What was I going to say? What talk me through what the important business elements uh, are that that you have? Because I mean, you have like a festival, you have uh, products, which I want to buy some of the cacao. Uh, You have a few different streams. So just
0: walk me through it. All right, I'm going to take a a nice fat dab here. Um, Good. A collab from one of the streams, which I'll tell you about. That was a that was a
1: psychoactive rip.
0: Yeah, that was a. Gotta love it. All right. So I started Microsymbiotics in 2015. And before that I had a nonprofit, I had a nonprofit called Community Compassion. Um, because when I first got into all this kind of stuff, I was like, yo, money's the root of all evil. I don't want to be dealing with money. Um, so Community Compassion wasn't really making Then you change your mind. Yeah, I changed my mind because I need, you know, takes money to break money. You know what I mean? Like you gotta have a little bit of it to make some shit happen. Um. And I started to recognize that shit too, cause like I went through times where like I couldn't afford to keep the bills on for my kid, and like, you know, like having a cold shower when you have a kid—that's fucking wrong, bro. You know what I mean? Like that shit ain't it? So like, I'm not—I mean, I'm not like too fucking weird enough to admit that. Like I've been through shit like that, trying to hustle and start a business, like where we've been down and shit goes out. You know what I mean? Like it's like that shit sometimes. Um, but like, but like, I just as a father, I was like, yo, no, that ain't it. Like I can't—I gotta put like I can't be that much lodged into my ideals that I can't fucking make some bread for my family like I was like yo like no money's the root of all evil I can't touch fiat currency like it'll be part of the problem like and I'm just like nah bro like let that shit go bro you gotta you gotta play
1: in the 3d too though you gotta you gotta play the game to to leave the game
0: yeah so like I was like I mean it was like also like I was really young to have been taking that much psychedelics like like granted i did get a lot of insight out of it like that shit tripped me the fuck out bro i thought the world was fucking ending i had bug out bags bro like i was like getting ready for like nuclear warfare and like and like like granted like (coughs) that's a good thing that i had prepared for that because i started my business thinking that the world was going to end so when the pandemic happened i was able to stay in business because i made my business around value that is valuable whenever there's no fucking value systems like whenever the money systems all go away, motherfuckers need to eat. Motherfuckers need to know how to eat. Motherfuckers need to know how to have energy. So I made sure I made my business around that shit. So like, um, <laughs> like when like, I'm glad that happened, but like also being like 20 years old like that geeked out bro like was a little bit crazy to deal with. Um, but you know here we are, and like I'm glad I I wouldn't change anything. Um, so I had to figure out that money was good. Um, and I started Mycosymbiotics in 2015. And I started that and was just like, yo, mushroom farming, mushroom farming. I figured out the mushroom farming thing. Um, and I started doing, uh, restaurant sales. I started doing farmer's market sales. Um, and then I started doing value added product, um, all by myself. So I had three, I had two, three farms operating. I had like a little, uh, m- micro farm, so to speak. I had like a yeah, little. how big like, is a farm? Um, I would just say grossest setups because, like, the farms, like, like, I I always said micro farms as I was doing it because it would be, like, a a grow tent in somebody's basement or, like, somebody's whole basement built out or, like, a garage build out. So, like, I had, like, multiple grows going in, like, garages or, like, side rooms in multiple people's houses or, like, a barn. Anywhere that people would give me space. Like, literally just people would give me, like, free space, friends of family and all this kind of shit would be, like, yo, I got an extra shit in my basement or, like. Are these psychedelic mushrooms
1: or just, like, lion's mane or, like. No, no, Gourmet.
0: Like after my kid was born, I was, st- I stopped doing illegal shit. Like I stopped, well, like, I mean, I got my medical card now. So like, you know what I mean? But like whenever my kid was born, I, I stopped like growing shit that will get me in jail cause I didn't want to waste yeah. any time away from my family. <laughs> um, yeah. so I started growing legal mushrooms and I was growing like oyster mushrooms and like lion's mane. And I grew like 30 different species of mushrooms in my first couple years growing mushrooms. Like I wanted to get all the weird shit. Cause like, again, I was always on trend stuff. Like I'm like yo everybody's doing this. What's next? What's next? What's next? Cause like I already figured out mushrooms was what's next. Like, um, again right before like just to add another little. I'm always telling stories. That's just who I am. I don't I don't care. I'm not gonna say sorry for it. But, um, right before I started microsymbiotics, I was putting mad shit on the internet. Like I had a nutrition video series. I had a video series on rewilding and foraging. I had a video series just on permaculture. Nice and I had a video series on mushrooms, and I had a video series on algae cultivation, and I had a video series on insect cultivation and or insect rearing. And all my mushroom videos was the only ones that got views and likes. All the other ones got a little bit of attention, but all the mushroom videos were like getting way more attention. So I was like, all right, mushrooms are trending. Let me start a mushroom business. Like, like shit you not, that's why I started mycosymbiotics.
1: Hold on. I, w- I want to just pause you there because that's that's such a... You, that's great market validation. Um, and I watched your videos and the mushroom ones were good. I was watching the ones on American Matsutake. Nice, nice. It, it, it looked like, a, there's, there's an Alan Watts video that the way they shoot it is very similar to the way that you guys shot the mushroom video. So I was laughing.
0: Oh man, uh, thanks.
1: But I think that's a smart way of validating the idea by seeing what people pay attention to online mm-hmm. because Google's doing the work for you. YouTube's doing the work for you. Yep. And, uh, and yeah, I was looking through and you had like the, the magic butter and the uh, the magic butter machine and then the lion's mane serum you were making and people
0: want this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I started to just kind of like feed into what people were wanting. I was like, all right, well, I, I can do all of these things, but like only some of these things are going to like make me money right now. Um, so I started micro symbiotics off that. Um, and I started growing the mushrooms. I got the restaurant sales down. I got the... Um, farmers markets down and then I did value added like tinctures and capsules and stuff like that. And I started to do doing... sell
1: to restaurants. You just call and you say, I got a bunch of mushrooms. You want some mushrooms? No,
0: nah, I just started showing up. Like I would just show up with the mushrooms and I'd be like, yo, here, take some of these and like, let me know if you want them. Here's my card. And like, I got some good sales. I got good sales accounts after that. Like I had one homie that's like my homie, homie, like my, my, like chef, I hit up to do pop-up dinners or like when I re- whenever I need like a chef to like do some shit. Like that's my homie, like chef Kurt. Like holds it down out here and he, any, any restaurant he touches out here is the shit in Harrisburg, central Pennsylvania area. Um, but he was buying like hundreds of pounds of mushrooms from me in a month at some time, at some point, like, like mushrooms, like we were going mushrooms. in cause we were like foraging wild right. mushrooms. I was growing hundreds of pounds a week at my, how much farm. would that cost? Um, how much would that cost a restaurant? Wilds? I sell wilds for no less than $15 a pound. So a hundred, a okay. hundred pounds of wild, like at 15. Yeah. Like, my lowest selling okay. mushroom $7. So, at 100 pounds, that's $700. But, like... Okay. I had, like... I mean, like, there was, like... A, there was a point in time where I was producing or and foraging and moving, you know, 100 to 300 pounds of mushrooms a week. And, like, Damn. that was... That's whenever I was able to write my book. Because I was able to save up enough money that year into the wintertime. I stopped for a little bit. And then I wrote a book. That was in 2016. Um, So, I have... That's I have, nice production. Yeah. Yeah, that was fire. I got three books. Um... And that's why I don't take no shit from like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, yo, if I could have done that, I was I was serving tables when I figured out how to do that shit, bro. And it's like, I know I'm cut from a different cloth. I know I'm built different, but like I was literally serving tables and in my spare time, like taught myself how to grow mushrooms and did it. Like and like like on the free time off valid. the bread from really from the serving tables while I was buying my kid diapers and paying rent and bills by myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like Shorty was taking care that's of the kid. Valid. I wasn't gonna make I wasn't gonna make my girl like like, I was already I was already like, yo, it's fucked up that I can't put my kid in the best situation. It's fucked up that I can't feed my kid the best food and spend time with my kid. I was like, yo, am I, am I really going to take him away from his mom too and put him in daycare? Like, and like, I don't have anything against people that do that shit. That's just me. I'm like, you know, I'm built different. I wanted my kid to be able to have the best. I didn't want nobody else raising my kid. I was like, yo, I'm going to make sure Shorty can stay with the kid. So I was really grinding. And like, you know what I mean? Like I made it, I was able to grow mushrooms and make that much off my spare time. I was like, yo, we can really, like, people, you guys are wasting your time the looking at The legal park, mushroom grind. Diddling around, you know what I never mean? thought. But in 2015 is when it really rocked different. In 2015, um, when I started Mycosymbiotics, I also started fest. I started a Mycosymbiotics Mushroom and Arts Festival is what I called it back then. And I started the festival because I saw all these other mushroom festivals. And the biggest one was in Telluride, Colorado. And, like, Telluride wow. is, like, it only has a regional airport. And regional airports are... In the regional airport is an hour of some change away. And regional airports in general are already more expensive to fly into. And then in Telluride, all the hotels are like $200 a night minimum. And the and the Mushroom Festival there, the ticket's like $200. And like the festival's like a whole week long. And so you have to be able to like stay there, eat, pay for the festival, fly there, all that shit. And I'm just like, that's where all of the biggest yeah, names in, in mushroom science are at. So if you really want to learn some shit... Like, that's one of the best places to go learn. And I was like, yo, I can never afford that. Like, that's crazy. So I was like, I live here in Pennsylvania. Like, people can get public transportation from Baltimore, Philly, D.C., New York City, Pittsburgh, to where I live. You can hop on a Greyhound and Amtrak for cheap and get to where I live. And I was like, yo, let me host a festival right here and make it cheap as shit. People can come camp and we'll feed everybody. Because there's mad food out here. Like, people are producing and shit. I was like, yo, feed everybody. So I did that shit. And like... Um, at my first festival, somebody found cordyceps mushrooms and I was like, yo, these shits are crazy. I knew that they were medicinally valuable. Um, and I knew that people were using them in Asia and they were expensive from, from Thailand or from Tibet. Um, I knew they were expensive. So I was like, yo, how can I grow these? And nobody was growing them in the U.S. And I was like, all right, bet. So I was like on my computer every night, like looking at all this Asian fucking videos and like looking at all this research and shit. And I taught myself how to grow them in less than a year. I was the only person in the U.S. that had that shit. I was the only domestic producer of Cordyceps Militaris Mushrooms 2016 until 2017. Like, only what? one. And I had that shit. What? I was selling it for $1,400 a pound dry. And what? I could produce five. I moved to North Carolina, started first farm. and I could produce five pounds by myself a month. Cordyceps? Yup, yeah, yup. Yeah. That shit went crazy. So like, I don't wow. produce as much right now for Cordyceps, but I wrote two books on Cordyceps cultivation that sells and makes me bread every week. I wrote a book on algae cultivation. I have an online store that we sell cultures from. So like whenever I'm out traveling and I find interesting mushrooms, I clone them. And then we have a a cold storage. We also have liquid nitrogen storage um, where we keep all these cultures for scientific use for culinary purposes. People can buy them off my website. Um, I sell t-shirts. We do events like every like multiple events every week or every month, I mean. Um, I, I personally travel around and do events and then we have events that are hosted here. So now I have, I have a production manager that runs the mushroom farm, um, and handles sales. We're about to hire a production assistant to do deliveries. Nice. Um, and then I have an operations manager that, um, organizes, she does, uh, um, booking for me. Um, she manages my calendar and the business's calendar. Um, she, she schedules our events. And, like handles all of the operations in be- about um running and stuff like that. Yeah, Leslie, she's killer. She's great. <clears throat> I like her. Yeah, she's fucking awesome. We've been we've been doing really great events and doing really great business for the past like 4 months. Um uh yeah, she I mean, I actually like she we we've done such great business that I promoted her. Like I hired her in November. She just graduated college like a week or two after I hired her. Um and I hired her just to do my booking and my personal schedule. And she did such a good job off that shit. I was just like Yo, operations manager, let's run it up. And I was like, Yo, do you want to do this? Cause like, like I'm trying to build a career, lifetime team right now. Like you know what I mean? Like I'm not playing around with no more. I've I've been through like four iterations of this team of just like trying to work yeah, with no. my friends, just to be hanging out with the homies or like trying to make some shit happen. People fucking feeling entitled off some off some bullshit. No, that goes. Like yo, yeah. so many iterations of that shit. I'm like yo, I'm not even playing no games anymore. Like if you're not in this shit to really build a career and recognize that this is an international enterprise, then you got to kick rocks for real. I'm
1: with you. I'm with you. I I have, I have uh, the same, the same experience, but you know, it takes a while to, as a, as a manager, as a leader, to learn how to even give better instructions. So as you do it more times, I feel like you get better at it, Mm -hmm. you know, and you get more experience with like what you want and how to tell people what you need and, You know, it gets easier, I feel like, to identify who those star players are. Like, I feel like before, when I I didn't really know how to hire, I just hired a bunch of the wrong people. And I would have seen that now if I had had my experience, but I didn't have that experience yet.
0: Yep, just learning and growing pains and all that. Um, So, Uh, I have uh, a couple other revenue streams. Um, I take private contracts as an independent scientist, because I have developed certain techniques that are proprietary. I've, I've taught them. I, I wouldn't say they're proprietary, but I've developed certain techniques that I developed them. Like nobody else made them up before me, um, for like different breeding techniques or working with cordyceps mushrooms or, um, random like DNA stuff that I, that I do in my lab. Um, and I, and I just do some like unique things that, um, I, 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 I have a that is um, multidisciplinary. That can hit different heads. That um, different private interests find valuable. Um, so I've taken a couple contracts. I've taken contracts with biopharmaceutical companies um, uh, to do to do research projects for them. Not like like I'm like signed and like working for them. Like I like they'll I've i will get hired to do specific analytical projects or research projects or breed out mushrooms or stuff like that. Um, and then I also have um, contracts and do work just with like my image and, and stuff like that. So like um, I, I have an ambassador, I'm part of an ambassador program for Mudwater. Um, so that's nice. one of my income streams. I like mud water. Yeah, they're good people. Um, we've, we have some good content that we're gonna be uh, releasing to the world soon. Um, and then uh, I just did a photo shoot with Outdoor Voices and did some um, some media for them. Yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty cool now. I mean, like I can go do like, like advertisements for good companies that I think are doing decent shit or like just work with other big, bigger companies. And now, um, aside, and now my newest revenue stream is sponsorships. Um, so because of the work that I'm doing, um, because of how it's good for the environment and because I'm teaching all these people and all this kind of stuff, um, a lot of different companies want to be associated with, with, with my name and my image and the name Microsymbiotics. Um, so I've been able to uh, develop pitch decks, um, and pitch our events or pitch myself or pitch, um, a project to, uh, to different companies that will just sponsor it. Um, you know, give us money or give us product or stuff like that. So, um, those are pretty much most of the income streams well, right now.
1: I mean, I was going to the, the reason why I think it's interesting is because, um, have you read, do you know Naval Ravikant? No. He, he is uh, an angel investor, he's a philosopher, and one of the things he talks about is something called specific knowledge. And the concept is that in this new economy that we're building, you know, and on this podcast we talk about the new wave, there's this concept of <clears throat> developing a unique set of skills through your own individual experiences that only you can deliver on. So, with you, it's kind of like a long, winding path of getting to mycosymbiotics, you know, and to getting get to like specializing in mushrooms and being at a point where, for instance, people would hire you because you have a specific skill set that isn't necessarily acquirable through one degree path or one set of online courses. But it's, it's a collection of experiences that allows you to deliver a very specific set of skills where there is no competition because it's a curated set of skills. And and it's it's a curated set of skills that's developed from your unique interests, your unique passions that you followed to an end point. Or not, there, there is no end point, but to a, you know, a, 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 the current point of their evolution. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone can benefit from thinking about, I mean, because we talked about a lot today and you have a long story arc that's still going, but in that story arc, it's you constantly following what's interesting to me, what's interesting to me, what's interesting to me. And it evolved from like young will of like, man, I just want to get high, fuck, you know, get in my apartment and just, you know, do whatever I want to, okay, how can I do this in a way that's sustainable for me and the community and how can I create multiple different revenue streams from it? And it's a whole, but it, but it's the same, the same person, but morphed, you know, <laughs> and, and evolved. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, but, but everyone can, can take, can take some notes from you following that passion all the way through and then creating the business through it. And, and we can all take notes from, um, from how you productized the knowledge in a way too, because you're teaching it, which is one way that's exchanging information. you productized it, which is the physical product you're selling, which like if you go on your website, which I'm going to put everything in the show notes, you can see I'm, I'm going to get some of that cacao. It's cacao and honey.
0: Yeah, thank um, you. I was looking
1: there. i like, Ooh, the the ingredients look so organic.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm, like, I'm literally honey from the basin of Chile. You're Yo, like, you know, okay. For real, I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I was just in Puerto Rico, like out there, like connecting with the farmers, like climbing in the mountains, looking at the chocolate. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm getting that. Yo.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna get because uh, I'm gonna get some two ounce ones to give them away as gifts to people. Oh bless! I think that's a good idea. Bless,
0: bless. Um,
1: but anyway, so so there, so there's that, uh, and then there's like there's seminar stuff. And then there's like consulting for companies. So these are all different ways where you can find, where you've taken your specific knowledge and your experiences and you've monetized them directly. So I want everyone to take note of that. It's like, yeah, he, he's sharing some funny stories, but there's a method behind the madness and there's like clear results from it. And that I think is really important to, to remember. So that I will, I will like definitely um, give you major props on. Thank you, thank you. Yes. Um, I think you also have, uh, a seminar coming up in August.
0: Um, yeah, we have Michael fest in August. Um, we have a couple in like June and July, we have, um, three day mushroom, uh, train, uh, cultivation trainings, uh, that we're doing. Um, I will be popping up at a couple, di- uh, different events around, um, us over the next couple months and then my daughter's due in May. So, uh, I will not be going really anywhere, uh, for a couple months through the summertime until August, really. Um, I don't know about Telluride. Nobody's reached out to me about it yet. I don't know if I'll be over in Colorado or not, but, uh, after Michael Fest in August, September, I don't know. I think we have some stuff going on in September and then October, we're going to be back in Puerto Rico doing a 72 hour permaculture design certification course. Um, so it'll be like a two week long intensive class um where we're teaching about appropriate technologies um and uh setting up some really interesting grows um we're going to set up some algae cultivation, some pearl farming, um and different tropical mushroom cultivation.
1: Nice. I mean, yeah, I'm going to put all of your links in in the notes and email email because uh I look through everything and what you're doing is fuck. like I had to I had to Stop myself from immediately registering for the workshops because I do that too much. I'm like I, got, I overcommit. I'm like okay, <laughs> I need to like look at my schedule first because I am also I also am hosting things. I'm hosting things. I'm doing things. I can't you know, but immediately I'm, I'm like yes, I highly recommend if you're listening to this, uh, check out the links. Um, I, again, what I think is so cool about what you're teaching is it's a specific set of knowledge that you've developed over time and you you can't you can learn some of the stuff from books but the way that you're teaching it is because you've done so much experimentation that's why you call yourself a community scientist it's it's not because you have some sort of like isn't that what you call yourself like in your in your yeah, bio citizen
0: scientist community science yeah
1: yep. citizen scientist, yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's not because you have a specific degree on one thing it's because you've been doing the work in the field and that's what science actually is um when you're, when you've done thousands and thousands of experiments and done all these different grows. So when you look through your YouTube channel and you see all these fucking grows, I'm looking, you have like your titration up there and you're like, oh yeah, if, this is 75% ethanol and it's because I'm here. But if you live somewhere where you can get 90% ethanol, that's good. But just remember that you have to take, I'm just like, what are you talking about, bro? And so I'm like, oh, you actually know what you're talking about. And so, but that is like a citizen scientist. So, um, so I think it's interesting to to have someone, to to know someone who has this specific knowledge. And I would recommend someone listening to it to just look into it because what you're doing is, is dope. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, much love. I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Well, my friends, I hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. uh, Like I told you, that was a pretty fun episode with Will and I could have gone on for a lot longer. I really could have gone on for a lot longer. Uh, But, you know, I feel like there's a lot of questions I still have and I'm wondering what questions you have. Maybe we can do a live with Will where we can bring it back and ask him additional questions because I realized that I wanted to actually ask him about just the simple methodology around growing some psilocybin in your house. Um, and I've done one grow before, maybe two, but I need some help. I need some tips. So maybe if you have questions, you can leave it in the comments of this, uh, this blog article. And you, of course, if you don't know where that is, well, we're on the New Wave Entrepreneur website. So if you go to newwaveentrepreneur.com, that's where we have all the uh, most recent updates of the show, of the archive, plus everything else that we're working on, workshops, free stuff, all of that. Okay? The water is warm. The tide is rising. Let's jump on in and surf this new wave. Daniel out.